Hi, everybody. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt like you have no time whatsoever to yourself? People are doing all these fun things and you're wondering, how are they doing that? How come I don't have the time to do that? Just running from one task to another all day. The second you wake up in the morning, you're doing tasks, you're brushing your teeth, you're eating breakfast, you're drinking coffee, you're you're going to work or school, you're spending all day there on task, on tax. Then maybe you have homework or things after school or you got to go pick up kids or then you got to go home and make dinner and take a shower and do whatever the things are you do then feed the dogs feed the kids feed whatever then get ready and then you fall into bed and you're literally doing things from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and then you're laying in bed and you're thinking about all the things you did today and you're over analyzing it and thinking about things you said and if they were stupid or not and what you should be doing and what you should have done and what you didn't do and mistakes you made and you finally go to sleep and you wake up the next day and do it all over again. That is what has happened to so many of us. And today we're going to talk about how to change that. We're going to talk about how to bend time. How can you expand your day and the time that you have without losing any time? How do you slow down time without losing any valuable moments of doing things you enjoy or spending time with others or even with yourself? This is the I Care About You podcast, and I'm Juliana J. And today we're learning how to bend time. We've all heard of the theories of relativity and time. We have all heard that time is relative and that we have the power to bend it if we know how. We watch shows about time travel, time bending. We've heard theories from famous people about just how to do that. But how can we tap into this idea without spending years learning complicated theories and experimenting with it? How can we learn the art of time bending? There was a time in my life where I truly thought that multitasking would give me more time and I became a master at it. With the exception of like one thing I would do is if I had a glass like this and I went to go put it on the countertop, I wouldn't wait till it was on the countertop and secure and I would let go of it and I broke like so much glassware just doing something like that because I was also maybe talking on the phone, doing some last minute work, making dinner, telling somebody else that they needed to do something, feeding the animals, and also holding a cup. I really thought that if I learned how to multitask, that that would give me more time in the day because I'd be doing multiple tasks at the same time. I realized that that was not working for me. And in fact, multitasking was speeding up time for me. This, I think, is also something that so many people experience. And studies have actually been done on this, that multitasking actually gives you less time than more time. But we live in a culture where doing more with less time is very coveted. You're something wrong with you if you're not doing a thousand things at once and doing everything and really just doing so much more than you have capacity to do. And that's why we're now experiencing so much burnout. When I was going through all of that, all this multitasking, 
And then COVID hit and I had to uh, transition a team into working remotely for years in a field where working remotely wasn't really possible for a long term. And there were people who were feeling very, very isolated. And then I would come home to a family that, that had a lot of needs, questions, things like that. I really felt my happiness slipping away. Here I was doing all this multitasking and I'm doing all this big brain work about every single thing. And then there's people with needs. Work has all these new needs we have to figure out when we have no framework for it. And I just started to lose my happiness more and more and more and more. And it, it had become fleeting. And I experienced happiness in small doses. But the luxury of spending time with joy had become a fleeting indulgence rather than a way of life. I don't know if this is something that you've experienced it, but I think so many of us do, where our joy becomes something, just pure unadulterated joy, becomes this fleeting moment and not something we're living in daily because we're too clouded with so many things in our mind that we are just going from one thing to another, like squirrels or something. From my perspective, there are quite a few ways to gain a little time during the day, and it won't involve cutting into your sleep time or cutting into what you want to do in life. You've already done some time bending in your life. If you've ever gotten really involved in a project or something you're really enjoying doing, and you're working away at it, and you look up and you realize it's nighttime, hours have gone by, or have you ever been somewhere like at a job or a task or something like that. And you just are dreading every second that you're there. And it's, you can't wait to leave and you'll busy yourself with something. And then you think, oh, great. A half an hour has gone by at least. And you look at the clock and only a few minutes have gone by. You have experienced time bending. You've already experienced the phenomenon. All you need to do is harness those techniques in a way that works for you in a positive way. Studies have shown that sometimes adding an activity or a learning opportunity that you would enjoy truly allow you to bend time because even though you're adding a new task to your day, it is creating this space for that to happen, which is creating time, giving you more fulfillment in life and making you feel like you have a richer life, which will decrease your burnout in essence. Because if you can find time to truly enjoy the activity or the learning opportunity, you decrease burnout because you aren't spending all this time with the thing that is going to cause the burnout in your head, whatever it is, say it's work. If you have these other tasks that will take that thought out of your brain for a while, and you could concentrate on an activity you truly enjoy, even though you've added it to your already busy day, you've actually given yourself more time because you've created a space for that activity where you can let go of the other things in life and just look at that activity. In the other life hacks I'm going to show you today, one thing is very important. You have to let go of the task you are doing to truly shift time, meaning that if you're a workaholic and you're trying to avoid burnout, 
When you try one of these techniques, you must be able to let go of using your brain to one work scenarios in the background, meaning you must be fully present in these techniques and not thinking about the rest of life at all, only the technique in front of you. Like when you're buying groceries at the store, but you're really thinking about the next next task or a problem at work, you're not really even paying attention to grocery shopping. Or we do it all the time driving. You're not even really paying attention driving because you're thinking about these other things you have to do when you get home. You're not just being with driving. Some important work to do every year is to take time to identify what's important to you. What's really, really important. For example, what are the vital tasks that you do in a day, in a week, in a month that simply have to get done in order to fully function? And what are some things you've identified as important, but maybe they really aren't. Maybe they are things that you feel society wants you to do, your friends want you to do, your parents want you to do, siblings want you to do, your partner wants you to do, but they aren't really things that are necessary to your positive functioning in life. And I'm not talking about the things that just keep you alive. I'm talking about also things that nurture and support you. Those would be in the important category. But if you put some things in the important category that really aren't, such as the notion that you should be posting your social engagements on Instagram and Facebook all the time, and if you don't post something fun and exciting that you're doing for one day, there must be something wrong with you. It really isn't necessary to be posting every day, but rather something you do to get positive feedback from others. Take a look at that. Is it really serving you? Are you disappointing the folks that you are actually with when you're taking the picture to post because they feel like you aren't fully present and engaged in the conversation or the activity that you're actually doing with real people? Is it necessary to be so focused on taking pictures of a post or could you bring more balance, maybe take less pictures or post less or once in a while go out with somebody and don't post it at all? We all have experienced this outbreath with COVID. We took some time to reevaluate our priorities. We wore pajamas all day because we realized we don't really like having to dress up for other people all the time, every day. We grew our hair out. We wore a messy bun. We did all these things during COVID that were more something we felt like we needed to do to get through COVID. We felt like we needed to do to nurture ourselves, or we realized, I don't like wearing high heels and I'm never doing it again. I hate wearing dresses. I don't like always dyeing my hair. Whatever the situation may be, we realized how much we do for other people and how much we do for ourselves and what that balance is. We also realized that we could give ourselves some self-care, even though we probably weren't identifying as that, right? When you wore your pajamas all day, you weren't thinking necessarily, I just really need this in my life right now. So I'm going to wear pajamas so I can just take an out breath. No, you were thinking, why put on pants today? Because no one's going to see them or whatever it is. But but in reality, what we were all doing in COVID was finding little, little spaces of outbreath for ourselves because we finally had the opportunity. People weren't watching us all day. 
we finally had an opportunity to just relax a little. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were also working our butts off during that whole time. And that's a whole nother issue. A yoga teacher whose class I really, really enjoy often says halfway through a challenging flow to pick our poison. What do we need right now? What is our body calling for? If we apply this to our lives, we can better decide what is important and what we need to refocus. So take some time in writing that list. What is important and what have you defined as important, but maybe isn't so much so. And then see if you can bring those not so much so things into a little bit of a better focus for yourself as far as time. Rather than thinking that everything is important, and we can't waver from patterns. We also have a lot of patterns in our life. Look for these patterns in your life. For example, I used to think that I had to brush my teeth for three minutes every time I brushed my teeth. It had to be three minutes. I couldn't couldn't be any less or else my teeth would be dirty and I had to do it at three minutes and every single time. And if I didn't do it at three minutes, I felt guilty about it and I would do it regardless regardless, three minutes every time. And then I realized that, is it important that I'm brushing my teeth or brushing my teeth for three minutes? Sure. Like I've seen the research about brushing your teeth for three minutes. That's why I developed that pattern. But maybe I didn't need to have that pattern so stringently in my life. Maybe once in a while, such as if I'm camping or I got home and it's three in the morning and I'm really, really tired, I could brush my teeth for a minute and that would be fine for that time. And maybe I do it often. And that's fine. It's also important to kind of reevaluate your patterns that you have in life. And have you created some patterns that don't bring you any joy whatsoever at all? And you don't even know why you're doing them anymore. Expectations placed on us by other people, most of which we don't even want or like, yet we do because we ha- they have become something that define that we have defined as necessary rather than evaluating them and see if they're what we want. Oftentimes, we take a lot of things from our childhood because we just grew up this certain way, doing these certain things, and it's kind of cemented in our brain, these patterns and preconceived notions. And we don't really take the time to ever look at them and decide if we really want them now that we're grownups or not. And that's another thing you can kind of look at. What are some patterns that you have in life? Where did they come from? Did they come from your childhood? Did they come from a time when things were really hard on you or traumatic? Did they come from reading a study such as I did about the teeth brushing thing? Figure out where they come from. And are those patterns nourishing you? Are they supporting you? Can you do something else? Is reading a book more enjoyable than watching a rerun of a show from the 90s? Are you just watching the rerun because normally you come home from work, you sit on the couch and you watch TV, but in all reality, you probably might enjoy reading a book or doing something else for that 30 minutes or an hour, but you've just fallen into the pattern of doing that. Once you start doing these other things in place of these chronic patterns that you don't enjoy anymore, you'll automatically have more time. It'll feel like you have more time because you're doing different things. And when you do different things, you haven't figured out in your mind about how long those things will take, which we do 
really easily in our minds. Our minds can automatically wake us up at 6 a.m. every morning if that's when we usually wake up to go to work or something like that. Our minds know about how much time it takes for us to do certain tasks. Uh, Our minds really can keep time very well that way. And when you do other things outside of your pattern, you're kind of breaking that. So you don't have a sense of how long something will take or the time. And it's rather luxurious to be in that space. So here are a few little exercises. We'll start some of these. I'll show you how to do them. Usually do it by setting a timer on your phone. It might be 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute. Start with a small time frame and then move up to something more sustainable as time goes on. But don't take any of these little exercises into some big space like you're going to do it for half an hour straight off the bat, because sometimes that will make it too much. It's too hard. You can't do it and you get frustrated and then you don't come back to it. So if you're just doing it in these little tiny bites, you'll realize it's giving you so much extra time, except for the conversation that we're going to talk about. A conversation piece, you might want to do that a little longer, but you have to kind of work up to honing these skills. So you might tap in and tap out of any of these little life hacks we're going to talk about to help you bend time. So the first one is you're in a conversation with somebody. When you're in a conversation with somebody, even if it's something like, oh, you're you're at the uh, store and you're standing in line and someone talks to you and you're talking to them and it's just kind of absent-minded conversation or whatever, you're talking with somebody at the gym or something while you're waiting for class, something like that. Be in the moment of the conversation. Be fully present in the words that someone is saying. Don't interrupt, even though you want to. Once you interrupt, or think of your response, you've stopped listening to the person speaking and you're no longer intimately in the conversation. So a lot of people will do this. You'll be talking to them about something. And if you know them really well, you can tell they're not listening to you anymore. They're thinking of their response to you or they're not waiting for you to finish. They're just interrupting you so they can say their thing. And When you do that, when you think about what you're going to say back in the conversation, you actually take yourself out of the conversation because you're not listening to the person. And here's an exercise you can do to yourself to prove that. I'll read a sentence and you try to count all the letter I's that are in the sentence. And I'll just read a random sentence. So try and understand what the sentence says, but also count all of the letter I's in the sentence. Be in the moment in a conversation. Be fully present in the words someone is saying. See, it's very hard to pay attention to what the sentence is and also count all the letters that the person's saying. It's very hard to do those two things at once. Learning to be really present in a conversation actually stretches the conversation out into a slower pace. It also allows you to be more spontaneous in your answers. A lot of us, because we overthink everything we've said during the day and we decide that half of what we say or 90% of what we say was just complete idiocy or something like that, which is not true. It's just the thought we have, right? But we have 
trained ourselves to do that, to overanalyze our own conversations, our own way of speaking, our own beliefs, our own knowledge, and instead be fully present in the conversation. Don't worry so much about your rebuttal, but worry more about really paying attention to what the person's saying and slow it down. You will be shocked at how much time bending you do in just being fully present in the moment of a conversation. Now, obviously, if you're at work and you're debating something or something like that, that's kind of a different thing. You do need to understand what uh, you're saying and think about your responses and things like that. But I'm talking when you're in a conversation where you can do that with somebody, then do that. Be fully present. Listen to every word. Like maybe you even look at what is the expression in their eyes? What does their mouth look like? What is the inflection in their voice? When do they pause? When are they excited? When are they sad? When are What are the emotions they're projecting while they're talking to you about something? What's their laugh like? All of those things, just be fully present in it. And when you respond, just take a moment. Here's another life hack. This one's really great. I love it. Take a shower or a bath, whatever you do, if, whenever you do it. It's a really great time bender. So get in the shower or whatever you do and feel the water, feel the temperature, feel what it's like when you wash your hair. And I'm not saying you increase the time in the shower, but simply do all those things slower and with more intent. Just feel what it's like. What does the soap feel like? Is it soft? Is it slippery? What is it like? What is it like to wash your hair? What does that feel like? Just be there in that moment and don't use it as a time where you think about all the things you should be doing or want to do or need to do. Don't think about any of that. Just think about that moment when you're taking a shower or it could be brushing your hair or it could be any of those things. Just be fully present in that moment because so many of us will take that time when getting ready to go to work or getting ready to go to bed or taking a shower or brushing our hair or any of those things, we don't do those tasks being fully present because they're automatic to us. We know what the drill is when we're brushing our hair or those things. So we tend to let our mind wander to all the tasks that we need to complete. When really, if you take a moment to just be fully present in any of those little mundane activities and really remember what it's like to go through every moment of it, you bend time just profoundly. And it's also very nurturing to do that for yourself, to really allow yourself to enjoy those moments rather than filling them with things you need to do. Another thing that's really a time bender is mini meditations. This is a great way to solve problems because you can let go of all the other thoughts that you may be keeping in your mind and you can let go of all of the roadblocks that might be keeping you from the answer that you're seeking. Sometimes we get st stuck trying to make something happen rather than just facilitating the outcome. So being stuck in your idea about how things will work 
can keep you from finding real solutions. So when you do the mini meditation, you just stop, take a moment, settle your mind, get a little comfortable, take a few deep breaths. Some people will do vagal breathing. You know, they'll count in for four breaths and then count out for four breaths as they're, I mean, they will count in, they will breathe in for the count of four and then breathe out for the count of four and do that a couple of times till you're settled. It'll only take a few seconds. And then you can either clear your mind of everything. And if something comes into your mind, just go, that's a thought. I'm not doing that right now. You're just, sometimes you just concentrate on the darkness because your eyes are closed. Just concentrate on looking straight ahead. What does that look like? Or you can concentrate on a problem, but not an answer. Just, I need to solve this problem. And then see what comes to you. And that's usually only about 30 seconds. Those mini meditations, you can work up to a minute if you like. It's just a little time to take a breather when you're working on things and let go a little bit because when we're when we're really dealing with problems, we tend to get really stuck on what we want to happen and we don't allow it to just become what it is, what it will be. We don't give it space to think about other things. We're only thinking about this problem and how we think it should be solved. So it's a kind of expanding your mind a little bit to look outside of these routine ways you think that you're going to solve a problem. It's again, getting out of those patterns. This is a really great one. I try to do it all the time, but sometimes it's hard because the pattern of drinking coffee in the morning is so deeply rooted in my brain that stopping and taking time to enjoy it is an effort. I have to do it. But when I do it, I bend time. So every time you pour that first cup of coffee or tea or whatever it is that you have in the morning, stop, pick up the cup with great care, pick it out with great care, pick out exactly the one you want, pour the coffee or the tea or your smoothie or whatever it is, just the way that you like it. Take time to make it perfect. Don't be sloppy about it. Like if you add cream and things like that, be perfectly perfect with it. I admit that I'm kind of sloppy with it a lot of the times because again, this routine is so ingrained in me. I have to make a big effort to really notice everything. And then like stop and take a sip and roll it around in your mouth and feel what that's like and truly taste it. Think of nothing more than the warm liquid in your mouth or cold liquid if it's a smoothie, I guess. And think about the feeling of it, the taste of it, the feeling of swallowing, the morning air on your skin, the floor beneath you, the, the ceiling or the sky above you. Just take a moment to just acknowledge it. There's this sort of mini meditation you can do. This is another one when you're out. Say you look at a leaf on a tree. Don't analyze it. Don't say, oh, that's green. Oh, that's about as big as my fist. Oh, that's this or that. No, just look at it. Just, you already know what all those things are. You don't have to tell yourself it's green. You don't have to tell yourself how big it is. You don't have to tell yourself what kind of leaf it looks it is. You can just look at it and do nothing more, but look at it for maybe three seconds, maybe five seconds. 
have no opinion, no judgment, no nothing. You're just looking at it. And then you're fully present with the leaf. But the second you start going, wow, that leaf's kind of like yellowish green and blah, blah, blah. You're not with the leaf anymore. Now you're analyzing it. So do those little things of just like looking at that. And here's another one, like one meal a day, stop and do the same as you did with the coffee. Instead of shoveling the food into your plate, take mindful scoops of food, mindfully eat the food, experience it in your body as you chew and swallow, experience the taste, the heat, the cold, the texture, the flavors. Don't define it, just experience it. You don't have to do this throughout the whole meal. Simply do it for a few seconds or for a few times during the meal. Does it taste different halfway through or at the end than it did in the beginning? Things like that. Just notice it for a second. Before you get out of the car or start it up in the morning or get on a bus or however it is you get around, stop and take a moment. Say to yourself, I am here. Feel your body how it's positioned, feel your feet, your hands, feel how you feel inside your body, feel your heart if you can. Really look at what's in front of you. Notice the colors and shapes, the time of year, the lighting in the moment, the air on your face, et cetera. Just take, maybe it's it's even five seconds. It's really not that long to just sit and notice before you turn the key and realize that multitasking doesn't save you any time. So if you're in the car and you're starting up the car and you're already thinking about all these things about work, that's not saving you any time. But sitting in the car and just taking a moment to go, hmm, it's pretty today, or starting to rain, or it's a little colder than yesterday, or I feel good today, is slows down time. If you're getting in the car and turning the car on while you're thinking about what you're going to do when you get to the office or whatever, that's speeding up time. You've all experienced it. When you're waiting for someone in the car, close your eyes and say to yourself, I am nourished. I am safe. I am loved. Take a deep breath. Say it over and over to yourself. You could say it to yourself quietly because, you know, if you're in the line picking up your kids, you don't want people to think that there's something wrong or anything. Don't do this while you're driving. I'm not saying that. I'm saying while you're, while you're parked and waiting for somebody, just take a couple deep breaths and go, I'm nourished. I'm safe. I am loved. And set a timer and maybe do it for 30 seconds or a minute or something like that. The goal is not to be superhuman. We all know a high achiever who who is never really listening to us when we talk, who who is never present, even though they're in the room, say at dinner parties or parties or stuff like that, they're there, but they're not there, who is always micromanaging everything at work, but getting nothing done themselves, are people that are constantly texting while you're with them. They're not fully present. They're not fully there. They're speeding up time for themselves. That's not the goal. Doing less will actually give you more time. It will make time slow down. Doing more makes time speed up. The last thing I want to talk about that helped me was to meditate on my expansive time. I would concentrate on a mantra like, I have time, time is my own, slow down for 10 minutes. I would just say that over and over while I was breathing, like, I have time, time is my own, I have time, time is my own. 
for 10 minutes, breathing slowly, where you, you know, doing maybe vagal breathing again, where you breathe for the count of four and your out breath is for the count of four, then release the breath and just say the mantra. You'll be shocked at how refreshed and slowed time feels. It's almost like you are working in slow motion, but in a good way. One thing I did that helped me cut out all of this lack of time that I had in my own life was to wake up in the morning with enough time not to rush. I tried this way of being that I saw on old shows where the families would wake up in the morning and somehow they had all this time to like cook a hot meal and sit down around the table and read the paper. And I thought like, that's just totally ridiculous. But at one point, that was the way of life for everyone. I started giving myself that extra hour before I begin work to just drink coffee slowly, write in my journal, do some other writing. I took time getting ready to go. Whereas before I would wake up right before, just, just enough time to get dressed, brush my hair, grab coffee, leave, drive to work, get there right on time. But I started just giving myself more time and that actually gave me so much more time in the day. It was, it's really, really crazy because the concept of time is really in your mind. You're defining it in your mind. When you do these other things, you bend time. If you're not rushing so much to complete everything, you're actually giving yourself more time. Now, all of these things we talked about today take time to perfect. It's really, really hard. When I started doing them, I would do stuff like, I would totally tell myself what I was looking at. Like, I'm looking at a cup and it is blue and it has cats on it and da da da. When I already know that just by looking at it, I don't have to tell my brain that, but I was so spun in my mind. I can't even tell you, like everything had to be thinking constantly all the time that I had to train myself not to do that. It took a long time, but um, I don't really do that anymore. And it's so freeing. I can't even tell you. So these techniques will take time. You will start thinking about other things because that's your pattern and you got to break your pattern. So your pattern is always to think about things while you're doing other things and to not be fully present with anything. It's hard to shift that. And be kind to yourself because it takes time. You're going to do that. And when you find yourself, your mind, all the thoughts coming back, just say, no, I'm not doing that right now. And just redirect yourself over and over. And one day you'll be like, oh my God, I just did one of these midi meditations for a whole minute. So just take time. The point is that taking small micro minutes to stop and slow down will end up giving you more time in the day. I know it sounds crazy, but I have been doing this for like well over a year now. And I actually find myself with idle time, which I've never had before. I haven't had that for like, I don't know, 20 years or something. And now I have this idle time. I'm relaxing more. I used to never be able to sleep. And now I sleep like sometimes really well. I don't even wake up once during the night. And I am better able to decide what is an important task and what is something I used to think was important, but I don't really care about. I was just caring about it because I thought other people cared about it. So try these micro hacks. They're only take a few seconds of your time and observe how your time will slow a little and more and more and more as time goes on. Stay with it because it will take a few weeks to really see how much slower the world becomes, but it's actually crazy. I find I have so much more time during the day and I haven't had to sacrifice sleeping or cutting things out that I enjoy doing or 
doing things I don't want to do. It's really, really defines your life in a way that brings you so much more joy and time. You will be amazed. So let me know how it goes, my friends. And until then, I love you and I support you and I'll see you in the next one.